0: Here we are our final episode of this series of In Science We Trust with your co-host Miguel Valentino and Alison Beltran. So, our episode, what are we going to be talking about this time around?
1: What I wanted to talk about for the very first time, it was probably the impetus for In Science We Trust as a whole, but genetics. Mm. So, we're going to talk about gene mapping and gene editing basically and where that's going to take us.
0: What exactly is that? What is gene editing?
1: It's very layman's terms, editing genes to do what we want. In the case that, and in our case so far, we're focusing on fixing genetic abnormalities that may cause disease. So that's where we're focusing on. Mm. From what I've read, that's the focus. So we're gene editing to edit out anything that usually
0: makes us sick. And that would include things like, I don't know, like influenza or chronic illnesses like cancer or... Mm
1: actually it can go deeper than that hiv since it does damage at the genetic level that's Mm. why it's so hard cancer that's true too mostly diseases that are genetic so not influenza because that's a bacteria that's a virus we're talking about things that at birth are wrong with someone and basically have to edit the genetic code to do anything Mm. because any other treatments would be to make the patient comfortable but not to cure them Uh So, from 1990 to 2003, that was the length of the Human Genome Project, basically mapping out all human DNA. By 2013, it was over. We have all the DNA mapped out for us humans. Mm. And what I wanted to talk about today, what does that mean that we very literally know what a human is made up of. So, of course, we can edit for genetic abnormalities. But you know what else we can edit for? Everything else. So, of course, there's already talk of designer babies. Mm -hmm. Who wants to get born?
0: And designer babies are pretty much babies that have been edited, well, basically in a sense that we would want them to look or what DNA they would have in their system because we designed them to be that way, right?
1: They're basically taking the best of the parent. No longer, because it is a gamble when the fertilization happens just because one parent has a disease doesn't mean the child's necessarily gonna have the disease this sounds rude but two really good-looking parents aren't gonna necessarily make a really good-looking baby or child or human mm-hmm. again and very like the tall track and the things i don't care but like just saying two good-looking parents are gonna make a good-looking kid mm. so the first i guess that fear that's already there with being able to edit you're basically editing for a child mm-hmm. is basically you're ordering one we're putting our hand directly into what nature usually does, which is the randomized chance of what you're going to get. No more randomness. Of course, that's years away, but it, we're getting there. Like, it's no longer science fiction. Mm-hmm. You can get there where you can ask for the baby you want. Now, of course, that leads to, is there going to be any more autistic people? Are you going to want lighter skinned children? Even if you're a certain race, do you want lighter skinned ones? Because you know they have an easier time.
0: Oh, yeah. I can so already tell there's going to be a lot of controversy. That's the of scary stuff. Yeah
1: also misappropriation and misunderstanding of the information we now have of the genomes or genetics. I mean, there's, of course, a rise in white supremacy. And they there was this story, they latched on to a fact that apparently Europeans are more likely to be able to digest milk, because the people who actually, you know, started actually milking goats and cows were European. Mm-hmm. So they misinterpreted a fact, you know, basically saying, oh, Europeans are most like Europeans, but didn't necessarily white europeans but it just said europeans are more likely to be able to digest milk you're less likely to be lactose intolerant right. so as an act of defiance they would photograph themselves taking milk
0: wow yeah
1: <laughs> so that kind of stupidity and then the scientist comes and saying we didn't mean that to be that's a good thing it's just an interesting fact that that's where lactose intolerance comes from and lactose tolerance comes from and oh. of course ignoring that most hispanic people can digest milk because a lot of us are half european stock
0: Right, especially considering that even parts of, I think, Africa also, they have cattle as well. Yeah. So they are able to digest milk too because they're exposed to it as infants. So
1: they took that, yeah, they took that fact that was part of a larger body of research and made it into, this is why we're awesome. (laughs)
0: And and why
1: everyone else should be in a camp.
0: How wonderful. Because
1: people are just that stupid. So that's a little bit extreme, but unfortunately they're in our political sphere now, so it's just, that's what brought me thinking about genetics. The other thing that is more recent is... So what he did, this scientist, Jiang Q, basically he did unauthorized Probably badly done genome editing on two babies.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that.
1: Just to posit the story, he used a CRISPR technique. And to simplify that, the CRISPR technique is just basically using the spacing between DNA to be able to then cut into that. You're cutting into it. And the CRISPR,
0: the name CRISPR is pretty much the process that we've been using to do the gene editing, right? That's what we call it. Exactly.
1: He did unauthorized genetic editing on a pair of baby girls. Now, his reasoning for it was, oh, their father's HIV positive. But apparently they didn't pick it up. But he still edited where apparently HIV takes root. And starts manipulating the genetic sequence. Apparently he did that, first off poorly, according to most reports. Oh boy. Secondly, since they didn't have it, it was a useless procedure. Mm-hmm. Third, the procedure's never been done on animals, so we're not even sure it's gonna work on oh, huh. babies. Yeah. It's so
0: nice to know that we have a twin babies who have been genetically altered for something they never had, and we don't know the repercussions. The editing
1: he did, see, just editing a genome, we're not good enough to edit out the risks. So apparently he edited something that does minimize their chance for HIV, but may increase their chance for West Nile virus. And he oh, didn't right. have to. It's not like it's a trade-off. Well, you'll get West Nile virus, at least you don't have HIV. They didn't have HIV. Mm-hmm. The parents were not told what he was doing.
0: Oh. He, they
1: said, he said something he was developing a vaccine. He's not working on a vaccine. He edited genomes oh, great. and put it into those girls. Mm. So that's blowing up in the genetic community. And not only are the, is the focus apparently on what he did, it's the focus on, well, Let's say someone knew what he was doing and felt like reporting it. To who? There's no international body saying you can't do this, this, and this. Just a very loose moral thread that says, don't experiment on humans before you know it works on animals and you minimize the risk. Edit for diseases well, and don't edit just for- Vanity. Vanity, there you go. That's the word I was looking for. He didn't do a good job. That's the other thing. He didn't even do a good job. Not that that would mitigate if he did, but he didn't do a good job. He didn't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. And that's the fear. Very interesting quote from one of the scientists that were, um, were interviewed saying that we just kind of assume in science that our colleagues are doing the right thing and we're on the same moral wavelength and we need to realize that's not the case. Yeah, and we have a lot of power here with these genetic. But he, I think that's what gets back to why we started in science. We trust that whole thing. Like we need this. I almost want to say there's no argument for it. Of course you can. But it's just the ability to be able to fix people at the genetic level is what we need it. I was one of the things I read describes as a moral obligation mm-hmm. to do that. But to have that knowledge out there is dangerous, too. So that's the crux of In Science We Trust. We need this information to be out there, but there's always going to be dangers associated with. And is it worth it?
0: Right. I mean, there's a lot of technology that we use and nowadays that can utilize in the future for the better. But at the end of the day, it's all about who uses it how they go about using it in this case like you mentioned before because i read the article too he didn't mention it to anybody people were stating he was stating that he had written it down and contracts that the parents had signed for for these babies but when people had spoken to the parents or people who volunteered for this project they didn't know what they were signing up for they thought it was a vaccine and he was stating that he had written in layman's terms what the conditions were they were saying they had no idea what was even going on in that case and the fact that he went past all these loopholes to just do it anyway without any repercussions about what the kids are going to go through we don't even know what's going to happen to them because i know there there was another instance where there was a teenager who passed away years ago back in 96 who was also being experimented on with gene editing. And mm-hmm. he suddenly just passed away. And it was because of the effects that were unknown with the whole gene editing technology.
1: Yeah, it's like coding where we understand only part of the coding and we're going in there and putting a new code and getting really surprised when suddenly there's, you know, again, not to be too flip, but an error. So it's a bunch of coding that makes up us. One, we're already thinking about using it for vanity purposes. Two, it's still a burgeoning science. Three, we're not entirely sure what happens if we remove one piece of the code and put in another. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's almost like opening up uh, your desktop here or your monitor, your computer, I'm sorry. <laughs> and just kind of removing one wire you know is the problem and just going, doink. And then suddenly something else happens, like.
0: Yep. Like, how did that happen? What's gonna happen now? Except it's not a computer in this case, it's a person. It's a living being. Yeah. And what's interesting too is that a lot of people are also saying that we're kind of playing God with these genetics. That's the popular
1: one. God, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're in a sense literally molding people into what we think they should be and what they should have. And granted, there is a lot of health benefits to it. You know, you could pretty much halt a lot of chronic illnesses that they would have at birth. But then that also goes back to, well, what would you think is bad? I mean, it could be kind of offensive if you're getting rid of stuff like, I don't know, any mental illnesses that people already have, kind of stigmatizing it even further.
1: Yeah, to quote unquote, choosing to be born with it. Again, very alarmist, but that's the way like, when does it become like that moral imperative they were talking about? She was, to be fair to that person, she was talking about genetic diseases. She wasn't saying, oh, it's a moral imperative to make sure you always have edited DNA. No, she was saying for genetic diseases. So I'm not gonna say she was saying something else about that. But when is it gonna become a moral imperative to not be born with that anymore? When you're being, when your parents were selfish for not doing that, for not making sure you didn't have that before you were born.
0: And going back to the whole parents choosing to do this for the child, if everybody, let's say, for example, that gene editing just become really popular, a lot of people can get it. You're going to have a lot of kids who are going to be walking around looking a lot like, I don't know, let's say Brad Pitt, for example, or a certain celebrity that people admire. A lot of the kids are going to look altered. They're going to look the same. And then where's that connection? Where's that uniqueness that people have where, oh, I have eyes like my mom or I have hair like my dad's. Nobody's going to have that because people are going to be picking and choosing what traits are going to look the best for their kid. Their scariness that is going to look trendy. Like, I want my kids to look trendy. -hmm. It's almost like an RPG character sort of thing when you play video games. (laughs) Yeah, but this is a person. (laughs) Right. And it's scary that people kind of see it that way, where, oh, well, this is what my kid would look like naturally, you know, but I kind of want to have them have this hair when they're like in their adult years. What if they had these kind of eyes?
1: Yeah, exactly. But let's, I'd see the vanity thing, but here's the thing that also gets to me. I'm not having kids, but let's say, okay, well, hopefully we're, we can say for sure we're not vain enough. Let's say we were in one. We can do that. Let's say, okay, we'll roll the dice vanity wise. My kid can look how they want. I just want them to be healthy. Uh-huh. We can talk all day how like that sucks that in the future, we might have to have a moral quote, quote, obligation to make sure they're not sick. Okay, so we can let go of the vanity. But would you, if you had the chance to make sure your kid was never going to get sick, would you really pass that up? I yes. wouldn't. I would want them to edit out my proclivity for depression. I would. And that might not be fair to other depressed people. And I see that. That's unfair to them, but I also don't want my kid to suffer what I've suffered.
0: Yeah. That would definitely be a big thing as well, too. I could see the argument for it. That yeah. is a good, strong argument. Especially if you have stuff like heart disease in your family as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a good way to pretty much edit that out and make sure that your kid is going to have a long and healthy life, if possible. Mm-hmm. Sort of like the whole, well, we went through all those hardships. This is sort of a way to make it a little easier for the future generations. Because Lord knows we've already done plenty to kind of screw it up in other ways, environmentally wise. Yeah. Going back to the other episode.
1: That's the thing. Like, I can rail all day against how people should just roll the dice. But if I had the opportunity to not roll the dice, it's very tempting. At least health wise for my kid
0: but what happens if you can't afford it what happens if a lot of other yeah, people that's the
1: thing this is not gonna be cheap for eons mm-hmm. and i'm based i know i'm basically describing the movie gattaca it's a society where basically if you want to go anywhere you're genetically edited to go there mm. i mean they even have scanners to make sure that you're were made oh. perfect yeah so it's like a little bit dystopic um the whole story revolves around someone who wasn't gene edited and has the chance to actually take over the identity of someone who was and it gets interesting from there so that's that that whole movie is basically kinda also what makes me think too, so Alright. I think this is like yeah, this is like the pinnacle of all our In Science We Trust episodes because again, we can't say it's good or bad. It just is. It just is. And these is. are just the dangers that are associated with, but also the really good things that are kinda come out of it.
0: I think this is more of a personal choice in that case. I mean, ultimately, it really just depends on like all the other episodes we've been saying. It really just depends on how we end up using this technology more than anything. I know a lot of scientists are also saying, too, like this is for the better of humanity. But I think it says something that a lot of scientists are in agreement that we're not ready to use this on humans just yet. Both
1: tech wise and morality wise. Right. But one will ever
0: reach that peak morality. Thank you very much for tuning into all our episodes. We very much appreciate it, truly. That's going to be it for this episode. We hope to see you around next time if we produce any other episodes, but we'll guess we'll have to wait and find out and see in that case.
1: It might be even less depressing.
0: (laughs) Who knows? You'll have to tune in and find out next time. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.